Hey man, it's the 60s. You ready to listen to some Jefferson Airplane? It's me, Jack Nicholson. Could you stop walking in the room when I'm writing Wendy? How about I bash your brains in? Oh, I'm suddenly not a hippie anymore. I'm violent Jack Torrance. Good thing your name's not Wendy. That would have got awkward. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Yeah, hello there, everybody. <laughs> How about you bring me some toast without some BLT or whatever it was I'm famed for saying. <laughs> it's a very bad Jack Nicholson impression, so I thought it would go best with not quite knowing his famous lines. I want a super edit of just all of your like really ridiculous impressions. Okay, how about I just do them all right now? Okay. <laughs> like one of those YouTube videos Let's where it's it. like 50 impressions in two minutes and yeah. then like three of them are good. I should definitely do one of those, <laughs> put it on our Sadie Hawkins Pod YouTube channel. Amazing. Um, so we're back, back again. Guess who's back? <laughs> it's us, Sadie Hawkins Pod. It has been the longest between records that we've ever done on, to, yeah. in real time. Yeah, for you guys, world. it's just been a week, and it's just normal release yeah, as usual. Exactly. But for us, it's been like two weeks. Yeah, a week and a half, basically, because we went on a trip. Oh, that's why we picked the song this week, because this week we are talking about Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> and last week, we've, we've done so much traveling recently, and people are probably like, oh, these two are jet setters. <laughs> But they're always like, they're trips to see, they're, they're special, they're short trips. And this trip was to see my family back in New England. And I was like, well, since we're going to Massachusetts, right. Reliant K has two songs that reference Boston. They have Jefferson Airplane, where they just skip the Raven downtown Boston. And then they have the Pirates Who Don't Do Anything, where they've never been to Boston in the fall. But they have been to Boston in the fall, because I saw them in whatever year that would be, 2002 three probably that movie came out so it's like uh the veggie tales movie so, and and they played that song at the axis in boston and they there was a veggie tales movie i thought it was just like from the show no there's a show yeah. there's a show and there's a and there's two movies oh and they did the song for this first movie was the show on an actual channel or did no, they just release the dvds yeah that's what i thought yeah they used to play it i used to uh, volunteer in the church nursery Every Sunday, and they would always play it in there. Mm-hmm. So, now, yeah, so I wanted to pick one of the two songs that reference Boston. We led it up to the a poll on Twitter. There's a bunch of Twitter polls this week. <laughs> we had a Twitter poll, and we said, which one do you also, want to do? Also, if you're not interacting with the socials, we put up, like, polls and stuff all the time. Yeah, we help you <laughs> help us decide. We let you help us decide what songs we're doing. So it was... Uh, I don't. I'm not gonna go looking for that poll right now. I have the other poll, but it was spoiler. Jefferson warning. Airplane was the winner. It was a close race. Like in the end, Jefferson Airplane won by a fair margin. Um, but yeah, I'm glad we're doing this song. I got a lot to say about it. Uh, do you have some top of the show business? The first thing to mention is I'm. It, it, we're already dealing with the fact that we haven't recorded in, in a week and a half. 
I'm slightly off of my game because the the saga with the computers. <laughs> <laughs> so last week I got very upset because, well, here's the thing. So for Christmas, <laughs> I say here's the thing a lot. And I didn't say that in my real life until we started podcasting. The saga continues. The saga continues. The, the Skywalker saga <laughs> comes to an end oh. with this. Um, I bought a new computer for Christmas, right? It's very loud. It has the it, it it sounds like the air conditioning module outside of a hotel. It is so loud, <laughs> so I can't record with it. I'm like, well, that's fine because my old computer is slow, but it still works. And I'll use my old computer, which is pretty quiet. It's almost five. It's like six or seven years old. But I'm like, maybe I'll even do a nice reset on it, restore it to the the OS and all that. Well, it's Windows Seven. Last week or the week before, Windows 7 is no longer supported. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll just, you know, turn the, not use the internet on this computer or whatever. I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. I need the internet to see my notes. Then all the keys break. I'm like, not all the keys, but a bunch of the keys. Most of the words in, most of the letters in Reliant. I'm running off of my phone tonight and I just feel like I'm flying by the seat of my pants. How do you do a (laughs) podcast off of your phone? Because you can't have nice tabs open. You can't have a nice workspace with multiple windows. I got to go back and forth between apps and I'm like, am I in the right app? Am I thinking of what I need to think? (sighs) I do all of my Sadie Hawkins pod research and (laughs) recording time off of my phone. Well, you're just such a millennial. <laughs> because we use my laptop, my very nice, quiet, yes. six-year-old Ma- MacBook Pro. It's not six years record. old. Yeah, it is. It's like five. Like, okay, excuse me. I'm so sorry. You're you're right, Dan. I'm so sorry. My five-year-old MacBook Pro. Because my old computer, who cares? <laughs> but my old computer was a year old when we moved to Los Angeles. We were here for a year before you got this computer. Yes, before my old, old MacBook Pro, like, melted down. Right. Yeah. So anyway, let's see if I can do all this stuff off of my phone. But, um... We're talking about Jefferson Airplane today, and we have voicemails. That's right. See, now I'm just clicking around on my phone, like, what's something we can talk about? But I want to do all the things in order. There's an order in my head. There's a there's a construct to this show. There's an outline that I'm supposed to follow. So this week, I go to the Google Voice app, and we play some voicemails. The first one is from Brady Sullivan, but it sounds like this to start out. And it pauses, because it just drops out. Just listen to the What Have You Been Doing Lately episode. And, and he's back. Uh, so I've always thought that the line was, pardon me while thy throw up. As in, uh, Justin and Melissa were, were the ones throwing up. So, so, yeah, this is Brady Sullivan. And you, his name was cut off. And I'm like, I don't, who's, who's calling? I was <laughs> like, I have no idea who called now. And I kind of got the sense of what they were talking about. They said that the song, What Have You Been Doing Lately? He thought it was Pardon Me While Thy Throw Up, meaning Justin is the one who's throwing up, which makes it less judgy. Yeah. Not that Matt Thiessen is so disgusted that he wants to throw up because of his friend. But then to me, that doesn't make a ton of sense because then I'm like, well, then what about Vanessa? Because Matt Thiessen also wants to throw up when he meets Vanessa. But then what if that just means like... Yeah, it's very harsh <laughs> if you go back and listen to the episode. But what if that means, like, while he's talking to Vanessa, Justin just pops back in and he's like, pardon me while they throw up. <laughs> um, 
we could hear a little bit more of Brady's voicemail. I can't find my CD booklet because uh, my brother took all my CDs when he, I was in the army and loves CD booklets. And he's gone again. Let's see if he comes back. That's not cool, Tim. Give yeah. give your brother back his CDs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so uncool. He's serving our country and you steal his music. Yeah. I was in the army, but one time I lent my cousin my gorillas <laughs> album. You were in the army? No, I said I wasn't. Oh. I said I wasn't in the army. But this one time in high school, I lent my cousin my gorillas album and he never gave it back. And then oh. like years later, he gave me like a shitty burned copy. Oops, I just swore. Sorry, we bleep can that. <laughs> I was so upset. So then Brady has a podcast recommendation for us, but it's like there's a full minute of no audio. So let's see if we can find this. First mod started listening to a podcast because uh, of an episode sort of dissecting sociologically and psychologically uh, the negative effects of Christian and purity culture on people between like 40 and 25 uh, called You Have Permission. And I'll send you guys a link on Twitter for the two episodes. Fantastic. I recommend you check it out. Um, love the show, guys. Keep the project going. Uh, you're making uh, work much more entertaining. And I've already passed you along to... With and... <laughs> Who'd you pass this along to? <laughs> I've already passed you along to my friend MT. Who's that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the show he's recommending, I could be wrong, but I think it's called PDX Drinks. Because then I DM'd him. I didn't DM him. I at mentioned him publicly. And I'm like, hey, Brady, I think you sent us a voicemail, but it's all chopped up. I didn't even get your name, but you mentioned a brother. And then I looked, and he has the same area code as Tim Sullivan, right? Because some of the people, as they've called us, I've been saving their names, so I know when they've called us, right? But I had never gotten a chance to say Brady's name, but I've saved Tim's name. This is all behind the scenes <laughs> looks at how a podcast is run. Um, yeah, well then, yeah, so he, he recommended what I think is called PDX Drinks to us. I'm or that's gonna, the hashtag I'm going to confiscate your drinks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of Portland... Tonight, I'm drinking a Deschutes Juicy IPA, because we went to Portland once, and we went to the Deschutes Brewery, and it was our favorite that we visited that trip. Oh, we enjoyed the Full Sail Brewery in... um, Hood River. Hood River. That was also one of our favorites. Well, um, thank you very much, Brady. We appreciate that. Uh, And then his brother called... And this is what he had to say. Is he here to say that he did not steal the CDs? No, he doesn't comment on that. This is what he says. This is what Tim says. Hey guys, uh, Tim Sullivan here. Uh, a little upset that there's no opening skit. Uh, I thought I thought you guys were joking about stopping that. Um, man. Also, uh, uh, Jeff, wh- why do you know so much about 1970s pornography? Like, no, no judgment. Jeff, thought that was interesting. <laughs> I like I like how he does the thing that I complained about a kid in high school doing to me, and he turned it around on you. Listen, what I do when I'm not sitting behind this microphone. 
<laughs> as an adult That's my who enjoys the 70s aesthetic. <laughs> uh, maybe I just really like mustaches, all right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, the opening skit. Here's the thing, and I'm glad Tim's the first person to actually give us feedback on it. Weeks ago, we were like, we don't really want to do the comedy skits to open the show anymore. I liked doing it because I felt it set us, it had, it gave us a little different thing from all the other song by song podcasts. But after a while, like writing them was becoming the most work out of doing the podcast, like more than the editing. <laughs> the editing's like a real job, but like coming up with the comedy for the beginning was right. such a job. <laughs> So we're like, well, let's not do it anymore. Well, now the last couple of weeks, it's actually been rough because it's like, well, we're like, we're not doing a skit. No. We have the whole world in front of us to pick from. We can do anything to open the show now. Yeah, we just sit here across from each other going like, <laughs> oh, man, how do we how do we start this if we're not doing a bit? So are the bits back? I guess we can try to bring the bits back. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, like George Lucas or something, like when there's no restrictions, no... <laughs> no, when you're when you have all the money and all the right. imagination, everything that comes out isn't necessarily the best. <laughs> so we need like a parameter. Is like we need so maybe we'll bring little skits back, or maybe they don't have to be funny. We'll figure something out. I'm very bad at starting conversations and ending them. <laughs> very, I'm very like the bad. Middle? Yeah. You nailed uh, the middle. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. So then we have two more quick voicemails oh, wow. from David Catch. Nice. Oh, and these will lead nicely into uh, the song we're talking about this week. Because first he talks about last week, and then he talks about the song we're picking this week. Hi, Danny and Jess. This is David Catch. Uh, a few things about this week's episode. I've never seen Boogie Nights. All I know about it is that Marky Mark and Burt Reynolds were in it. That's all I know about it. Um, also, uh, a second thing, I guess, would be John Schneck, huh? How cool is that? You guys you guys can get, like, first-hand uh, information about songs now. Uh, John Schneck is listening to the podcast. How cool is that? Um, and then a third thing, um, Vitamin String Quartet, uh, actually has a live session on Spotify, so I don't think they're in the same camp as those uh, knockoff versions. Yeah, so I'll go backwards through the things you talked about. <laughs> Vitamin String Quartet. I did. I was saying about how like there's cover bot companies out there that they just put together these cheap, awful covers really quick, and right. like who knows who's involved if they are hiring <laughs> hiring people on Fiverr or something right. to put these together, and then like. But no, I, I knew Vitamin String Quartet is like an actual group. For sure. Yeah, like I, I, I noticed that the first time we talked about them on this podcast, I had researched them a little bit and they're like based out of Los Angeles. So they're a real group. All these cover bot companies that post the same song with like 10 different fake band names. It's like a different voice every time. It's different instrumentation. It's like that's like just some sort of company. I want to learn more about what makes those companies tick, but it's just some sort of company that like is just there to like steal money. Right. Vitamin String Quartet isn't that. However, they do have their albums like uploaded in two different places most of the time. I don't blame the musicians in that case. It's probably whoever controls the Vitamin String Quartet's like publishing or something. Right. I really like Vitamin String Quartet and those people who do the lullaby versions <laughs> oh, yeah. of rock music. I guess they're, I they're not one of those for Lion K. 
It's never come up. I thought that there would be. I don't, Sorry, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm fidgeting with... I ripped the label off my beer and I'm fidgeting with it. But yeah, no, I guess there's not... We should make that. We yeah. should make the lullaby version of Relying K. <laughs> you have to get the like... Oh, what do they use? That like... Ding, ding. You gotta get the like, glockenspiel. Of, yeah. <laughs> you gonna learn the glockenspiel, Dan? <laughs> yeah, we'll learn the glockenspiel and make a th- album called like Softer to Me. Softer oh, to I Baby like that. or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, then David mentioned that John Schneck called... We don't know that he's listening to the show. We know he listened to the show. Right. Um, but that was really Which cool. Which was, like, really cool. <laughs> yeah. And, hey, we've had firsthand information on this show before John Schneck called. I mean, I guess technically it's secondhand information, but I've collected firsthand information in the early 2000s, it's knowing <laughs> that by the year 2019, I would have a podcast and be able to share these stories. There's one this week. I have particular information oh. about the song Jefferson Airplane that I don't know if it's out there for the rest of the world. Um, uh, but then David talks about... What does he talk about? Pop music? <laughs> well, if that's what you think of Reliant K as, then sure. It is pop music in a way. Uh, then he talks about Jefferson Airplane. So first he called and he said, like, what's the song you're doing this week? And then he calls up and he, again and he's like, oh, it's this one. Oh, it's uh, Jefferson Airplane. Sadie Hawkins Pod is doing Jefferson Airplane this week. Aero Plane. Uh, I, I think this song is about a relationship going bad. I want to say that it's Two things, a relationship going bad. Um, there's the line, I will save your plunging neckline, kiss your face, you try to deck mine. And I think that's pretty great. It's a great, it's a great line. But, um, I think that, that shows that it's a relationship going bad. Also, um, I should stop saying, um, a lot. It's not good for broadcast. Anyways, I also think it's about him realizing, uh, who he is. It shows that he realizes who he is because there's the line with the bags under my eyes and we'll, try, uh, we'll see the signs are saying that we have used up all our tribes to be a better person, to be a better friend, to be a better son. And it sh- that shows, to me, that shows that he realizes he needs to be better. And, and I think that it ties up with I still hate consequences from last week because in I still hate consequences, the bridge to that, he realizes that he needs to be a per- better person as well. Yeah, that's my, those, those, yeah, those are my thoughts on the song. Anyways, back to you guys. So yeah, that's good to hear because yeah, we were talking about, we ha- I have a lot to say about this song, but not as much to say about the meaning of the lyrics. So that's good to hear. And uh, I love that we got listener feedback on an ep- on, for a song <laughs> before, that, we're, before, that we're covering yeah. <laughs> right now. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I totally like this. This is a theme that we've been we come back to all the time with Ryan K's music is like better, rela- you know, relationships, not just with girls. I mean, with everyone. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's an I still hate consequences. And it's in Hello McFly. It's like about, you know, trying to be a better person and, re- you know, treat the people around you and the people in your life better and make up for mistakes and pressing on when you make mistakes and all that stuff. So it seems like, you know, it's not as obvious, like we're going to get into it, but 
this song is a bit more ethereal. It's a bit more mm-hmm. hard to peg down, like yeah. literal concepts yeah, necessarily. I've, I've never paid super close attention to the lyrics in this song. Mm-hmm. I don't know off the top of my head all the lyrics to this. I just kind of hum along or sing along to the ones that I know. Right. But yeah, it it does go very well with, the, I mean, the demo version, placing that demo version on Bird and the B-Sides goes mm-hmm. so well because there are more of those sort of out there abstract concept songs right. on that particular album. Right. Yeah. So let's kind of get into it. And actually, that's a good place to start, as you mentioned, the Bird and the B-Sides version. So... We oh, put- also, we say um and like all the time. Yeah. And, and peek behind the curtain. You guys probably think we say it a lot. We say it more than you think. I just edit it out every week. <laughs> I edit out as many as I can. Hate. Danny also says so at the beginning of every single sentence. And I try to get it when I can. <laughs> hey, you know, so there is there's um beauty and reality and like, you know, you you don't need to wear makeup and stuff, and we don't need to edit. So we should just continue the rest of this podcast without editing. What do you say? Oh, man. So, um... I can't give up that control. So Jefferson... <laughs> so, Je- so Jefferson Air- Airplane, um... So on, twi- so on Twitter, um... I put out, you know... Oh, hold on. I put out so a poll. So painful, I can't. You don't want to... <laughs> okay, you can edit this. Fine. Just <laughs> begin editing again from now. So this week, I put out a poll for t- <laughs> on Twitter, and I asked everyone, and you were actually one who realized this, like, r- basically 24 hours before we were going to record. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> what version do people like the most? Because there's a demo version, which originates from the Creepy EP, and then was re-released on Bird and the B-Sides, and then there's the version that they re-recorded for Two Lefts Don't Make a Right, but Three Do. <laughs> I don't know why I had to say the full title that time. So we asked everyone on Twitter and on Instagram, we got 30 votes, and 57 people said that they liked the demo version. Okay. 57% of people (laughs) said they liked the demo version, so that's like 16, 17 people or something like that out of the 30, and then 43% liked the Two Lefts version. Nice, right on. Uh, On Instagram, I put out one of those polls on a story that lasts about 24 hours, uh, I got to go to the archive to find it now. <laughs> you can the, see my socks must be really upset with those, oh, right. those well, I'll results. Read, I'll read that in a second. But um, yeah, 67%. So it was, a, it was, it was more of a... Um, oh, not that many people voted on Instagram. Eight people voted, and that gives me the numbers. Eight people voted for the demo, and four people voted for the two lefts version. Yeah, but across the board, you know, both cases, it's the demo version wins out. Now, You Can See My Socks did comment and said, man, the bridge in the album version is so good and essential to the song. I don't know how anyone can go with the demo version. Uh, And then Dumoid said, this is painful. And I guess they meant like, I assume they meant deciding on the two versions, not that our social media posts are painful. (laughs) Um, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and I guess so. That's so. That's what the listeners had to say. Danny, there were like five so's in there, and I can't edit any of them out. <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> well, um, so <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right. Anyway, uh, I can't not say so. Anyway, 
the demo version. The thing is, I have always loved this song. I've loved this song for a really long time. I had the Creepy EP when it was brand new, before Two Lefts came out. And I guess the Creepy EP would technically came out before. So I don't actually know if I own the Creepy... I don't, I'd have to double check. I don't know if the creepy, I think the creepy EP would have come out before Anatomy because that's what it was promoting. Mm-hmm. So I assume that it did. I don't know for certain that, I don't know for certain if the creepy EP came out before the full length album, if I owned them at the same time or if I really owned the EP first. I'm not really sure. But Reliant K came through so much in the early 2000s that it's possible that they had the creepy EP you know, on their merch table before Anatomy came out. So I could have possibly had it early. Oh, Anatomy or Two Lefts? Anatomy. The Creepy EP promoted Anatomy. Remember how even the layout... Yeah. Yeah, because it's Pressing On is on there. That's right, yes. Yeah, Pressing On is the single. And then the actual... We never talked about this when we've talked about the Creepy EP. And it took me actually years to realize this. But that layout of Anatomy's cover with the one big picture and then at the top the four little squares of their faces mm-hmm. and then the track list at the top is exactly how they laid out the creepy EP yeah. cover as well but they put the little ghost pictures instead of right. their faces it was actually years later i realized that that's <laughs> that they had done that um so yeah anyway the point was i've i heard the song for a long time before it ever turned up on two lefts and the thing was we talked about this once before but the first ever Reliant K concert I went to was at a Salvation Army camp in Sharon, Massachusetts. There was very few people there. I, in my mind, there were like five people there. There could have been like 20 or something. I have no idea. And somebody there requested Down in Flames, which was not because and only the self-titled was out at the time. So I was like, well, that guy's cool because he knows Reliant K or something. <laughs> I have no idea if he was actually with them or something. Right. It's like, play Down in Flames or whatever because of the new song. But it was like, I was like, I just thought that was so cool to go to a band and know a song that's not even on a record yet and request it. I'd been going to shows only a little bit up to that point. So I didn't really know local bands too well. I had a couple local bands. I knew a couple local bands. But um, point was, I thought that was so cool that... Later, when I got the 2080D EP and Breakdown's on there, right? But Breakdown's not on the first album. The next time I saw them live, I was like, play Breakdown because I wanted to be that guy who requested a song that's not on an album. And they played it. They played it. Um, So then later, in that same mindset, after the Creepy EP came out, at Soul Fest, and I guess this would have been 2001 or 2002. I'd have to look up release dates to know for sure. But um, I saw Matt Hoops walking around and I was talking to him a little bit and saying how much, you know, I like the new album, I guess. I was probably just talking to him in general. But I, what I specifically do remember is saying, oh, I really liked uh, the Jefferson Airplane song off of the EP. Like, are you going to do anything with that? Because you've played other EP songs live to that point. They didn't have en- enough songs. And Hoops told me, oh, actually... That is, and I didn't remember what he said it was, but he said, that's a blah, 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 which is Matt Thiessen's solo project. I realized in hindsight, he must have said that's a Matt Thiessen and the Earthquake song, right? Because Matt Thiessen and Earthquakes was just basically around forever. And it took them, he took him a decade and a half (laughs) to actually put out an album. But he said, yeah, the, the, the Jefferson Airplane song is a Matt Thiessen and the Earthquake song. 
And I was, oh, he, and he's like, because he, I, 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 like I said, I don't really remember him saying Earthquakes, but he definitely said it's a Matt Thiessen solo song. I mean, that makes sense because it does have, it's not tangible like most songs are. Right. The, the lyrics are kind of all over the place. Yeah. And very left open sort of to interpretation. And musically, it's much more experimental. Yeah. Right? Like. Absolutely. Other songs that we know are Earthquake songs. Plus, we kind of, there are songs that we know started as Earthquake songs that became Reliant K songs. Uh, the biggest example being Faking My Own Suicide. So I'm not aware of that of that being mentioned anywhere else, but I swear that's what I was told, right? And it kind of makes sense. Um, plus, I mentioned this ahead of time on Twitter to, I think to You Can See My Socks. I'll look for this, e- for this uh, Twitter thread, but You Can See My Socks told us a little bit about like the key and stuff. He's like, here, I did, here's some prep work for nice. you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was my experience with the song. As far as the demo version just being like already there in my DNA. So then two albums later, they re-record it for two laughs. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's great. More people. I was happy more people were going to know the song. And I was happy because I had asked Matt Hoops, like, are you going to do more with that song? They did more with the song. But I think at the time they didn't know they were absolutely going to put it on an album. There are songs on the first two EPs that never, in the first two or three EPs that never ended up, you know, being redone like this. And I tend to be a bigger fan of the demo version because we've talked about it before, how I we sort of slept on uh, Five Score right. when it first came out. Yeah. And then when Bird and the B-Sides came out, like that I really latched onto and listened to all the time. So though I had not heard the Creepy EP at that point, mm-hmm. I, I, hadn't, I didn't actually listen to the Creepy EP or any of the EPs outside of Apathetic. Um, until after Dan and I got married and we merged our CD collections. Because right. that's what you do when you get married. That's the big the big uh, thing after the ceremony. You this merge is, the CD is, collections. This is serious now. There's no going Bigger back. Bigger than bank accounts. It's merging the CD collection. Yeah. And then that was when I finally went back and listened to those other albums. But I discovered this song as the demo on Bird and the B-Sides. Right. And just really loved it and so i when i went back to listen to it on two lefts it was just a song that i had never owned a physical copy of two lefts i just purchased the songs that i liked the most Mm -hmm. off itunes so this song had just evaded me because of that and i i think maybe i'd only heard it once maybe twice in the studio album version Mm -hmm. and didn't listen to it again until we we're doing prep work for this week. And so... (laughs) I mean, I've definitely listened to it here and there because I used to listen to Two Lefts Don't Make a Right front to back all the time. Although I would play the earlier tracks more, you know, I would go through the Two Lefts version. Now, I do agree with You Can See My Socks is that I actually wish that that bridge, the Be a Better Person, Be a Better Son, was in... The demo version, because I just think the demo version sounds the coolest. Yeah, that that like opening whistling and the slowed down, stripped down nature of the demo right. is what really draws me to it. It's that like sloppy garage rock kind of sound. Right. 
like the vocals have this really nice airy recorded in like I don't know a barn or something kind <laughs> of a sound to them like they sound like they were recorded on like a vintage mic or something I don't know if it's an effect or if it was or if it's genuine but I just love it sounds that, kind like, of roomy yeah, yeah I love that roomy almost old-timey kind of sound that it has to it well my feeling on this song from the day I heard it on the creepy EP was like oh he's trying to do a page of the lion thing <laughs> Oh, you know what I mean. So it was like, and like, you don't really know Page of Line too much. I played some of them for you. I've played them, played them some here and there, right? Right. But it's just particularly like that type of strumming of these short chords and stuff mm-hmm. that is just so Page of the Line, and it makes complete sense because the thing is, it's like April. April's snuffling around. What are you doing? <laughs> She's on the hunt for free food on the ground. You got your own food. Anyway. <laughs> she looked over at you like, what? <laughs> so, I mean, Page of the Lion is such a hugely influential band to, like, a lot of people, but particularly to, the, like, Christian scene, to the Christian scene and stuff. They're, like, they're just okay. so, they're so hip. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? And, if, and, like, I've enjoyed Page of the Lion, and I own the first couple of records, after a while, and so many people love them. People I know out there, people who are friends of ours online, I know love Page of the Lion. There's a sh- I have a Page of the Lion t-shirt. I wore it in a photo album, a photo video you made that played on our in a, at our wedding. I'm right. wearing a Page of the Lion shirt. <laughs> but the thing I realized after a while was like, they're just too. He's just too depressing. <laughs> like I'm not even before Control, which is like his first like really like album that like challenged a lot of people in terms of like sexual stuff that was in that and like worldliness and people were like oh is david bazan not christian anymore and you find out like no he's not you know what i mean um i was just like even before then i was like yeah page of lion music's a little too depressing for me it's like perfect for a certain time maybe in like high school and college where you're like sort of indie you want to be indie and you want to be cool but you're sad but you want your sadness to really mean something you don't want to be like cool sad with like black eyeliner like you want to like you don't want to be you want to be hip sad you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so after a while i was like i'm too happy for page of the lion (laughs) but (laughs) is this post danny hates myspace this would be during that (laughs) Okay. <laughs> so it's like, um, yeah, but point is, this is, to me, I'm pretty sure this is Matt Thiessen, and I'm sure, I f- if I'm correct in thinking this, I think he would unashamedly say, yes, that that was the influence on this song. This is like the Matt Thiessen and the Earthquakes doing a Page of the Lion thing. And then later when, you know, they 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 tightened it up, they tightened it up for two lefts, it becomes less Page of the Lion. It becomes more like this kind of slowed down pop punk thing. I'm not even really sure what you would call the style of the two lefts version. Although I do have a theory on that, which is something else I want to discuss, but I wanted to see if you had any other notes before I get into that. I realized I dropped like an inside joke that I don't know if I've brought up before, but Danny what? Hates yeah. MySpace was Danny's MySpace URL back right. in the day. And my goodness, when I met him and read through that thing, it was filled with the like most no, cry emo li- boy cry no. stuff oh, I've please. ever read. <laughs> By comparison, no, I was just like sad and depressed and angsty, but you say cry emo boy cry like I actually had emo stuff in there. It was just like, people don't like me, but I don't care. You know, it, wasn't, it was like legitimate... <laughs> emotion it was super angsty <laughs> it was angsty or whatever but 
Yeah. It was very angsty, I was not very refer- incel. I was not referencing. It was very, I'm sure it was incel, but it was not referencing particular My Chemical Romance songs or anything. Not, no, no. Because <laughs> um, when you say it's emo, it makes it sound like I had like a pop punk emo face. Thank you very much. I did not exactly No, you didn't have, have that, that. The, 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 <laughs> the swooped the, forward the hair. The swoop, swoopy hair. I didn't have the Tom DeLong. Man, I wish you had swoopy hair. That would have been amazing. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. So it's weird to listen to the fully produced version of this song after only really ever listening to the demo. Mm-hmm. Like when I put it on now, I'm like, oh, this is just way too fast. And the the extra verses or whatever in that like night that little breakdown are really nice. Mm-hmm. And I do like that. And like you said, I wish that they had included it in some way in the demo, which it's the demo, so it was before he thought to put that in. But uh yeah, I just I don't know. I, I'm going to keep listening to the demo because I really love the demo. <laughs> uh, it's funny. The, some of the live, they played this song a bunch in 2016. Oh. Uh, during Searching for America or Looking for America. I always did they heard, play it at ours? No. I don't think so. I don't think they did. But no, they definitely didn't. I would remember that. Yeah. They basically, because yeah, the two lefts version, I think it's missing the whistling at the beginning. Yeah. It needs that whistling. Yeah. It, it needs... There, I wish there was a version, you know, of all the songs, they rec- they re-recorded Sadie Hawkins' dance for 10 years. They should re-record Jefferson Airplane. Like, yeah. I would like to hear a version that is close. An air-for-free version? Yeah, an air-for-free yeah. version of Jefferson Airplane. Like, you don't have to put it on the air-for-free follow-up. Like, maybe make it a single or something. Like, I want that roomy indie rock mm-hmm. sound of the demo with the whistling and for with sure. the bridge that's only on the 2 last version. Like, I want the complete special edition. <laughs> like, the complete package, the the uh, whole bloody affair of <laughs> this song, of Jefferson Airplane. Um, um, so yeah. I weirdly like the opening to the gold version better than the regular album version because it has this, like, boosted bass line at the beginning that sounds just like Free by the Martinis. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, I didn't think it's weird for you to like the gold version more because usually you like the gold version more, don't you? I don't think there was another song when we've compared gold version that you didn't like the gold version more. Except for what is it? Is it Anatomy that like the gold version? None of the gold version of Anatomy sounds good, or is it? Because I think I listened to it a little on my own, and I was like, oh. But it's like two lefts. Yeah, I do kind of. I don't know. It's just like they they kind of just boost the the instrumental and like downplay the vocals a little. And it was forward motion where they turned up the uh, that weird like construction site noise in the background yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, so it's just like everything just kind of got boosted up a little bit um do you want to play that comparison yeah let's hear what song you're talking about the martinis what oh yeah let's do that so here's the gold version (laughs) and then we'll play the martinis okay so here's the gold version of two laughs two laughs featuring the song jefferson airplane by reliant k coming at you Okay, now here's the martinis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's that same sort of... It's that same sort of bass line. Yeah, that's funny. But what year is that song? 
That's like 90 something. 90 something, yeah. But I don't think... Uh, Pre-96, because it's because on, it's on the, Empire the Empire Records, Records soundtrack. I just looked at your screen. I'm like, oh, it's on the Empire <laughs> Records soundtrack. Um, yeah, that's funny. I, unlike other things, like, say, the Sum 41 pressing on thing, or whatever that, uh, the what have you been doing lately, uh, suicide machines thing, I feel like that is just a coincidence. That can only, that's oh, just Oh, no, I know it's thinking. just a coincidence. I'm just saying, because like, we oh, know- when I heard the gold version, which I had not recognized right. on, obviously, on the demo, but I hadn't noticed it on the... To yeah. left studio version. When I heard that boosted version yeah, yeah. of the gold, I was like, "Oh, I like this because it <laughs> sounds like '90s." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, because it sounds it kind of sounds like the opening to Free." So for comparison, here's the non-gold version of the opening of the song. Yeah, it's much more about the guitar. There. Ah, whoa, whoa, no, hold on. It's much more about the guitar there. Yeah. And there's so much bass in the gold version. You know what it's it's kind of reminds me of? Now, so I was like, what kind of... So, uh, like I said, the demo version, the creepy EP version, Bird in the B-Sides, just makes me think, here's Matt Thiessen doing his version of a Page of the Lion song. But then I hear the Two Lefts version, and I'm like, well, the song's there, but it is not. it is not, now nothing like what I thought of the, the original version. It sounds like some other sort of thing. I'm like, maybe this kind of sounds like Nimrod by Green Day. <laughs> like it kind of has that like redundant and like those like slower songs off of Nimrod sound. Yeah, that's maybe what I'm thinking. <laughs> I have no idea. That's just a thought I'm just coming up with right now. Um, oh, but that, oh wait. <laughs> That reminds me. The way... Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of this. That's so bizarre. The way that I know this song... The way that I knew this song before it ended up on the album as the closing track... Holy crap, this is exactly... I just, This is, like, ties in so perfectly. Um, Time of Your Life by Green Day, right? Mm-hmm. Which closes Nimrod. Before, that, before the album Nimrod came out, I had a single off of Insomniac... I don't remember what song it was for. Geek, maybe not Geek Stink Breath. Maybe it was one of the songs off of Insomniac had a demo version of Time of Your Life on it with oh. no strings. It's a little bit faster. He plays the guitar. Uh, it's just a solo guitar thing. And it was on there. So this And this is like a while before Nimrod came out. And then when Nimrod comes out, They've redone that song with all the strings and like, oh, that's cool. I know this song. And then that became one of their biggest hits. So it's like, it's a, it's, this didn't become one of Reliant K's biggest hits. But in a way, my brain must have been like, oh, you know, good. They took that song and now more people are going to know it. Just like how I knew Time of Your Life before billions of people knew it. Was it Brain Stew? It might have been Brain Stew. I'm not sure. I don't remember what single. I could. I'll have to look on Discogs, and I'm working off my phone, so there's no way I'm doing that right now. <laughs> but just for reference, here is the. Uh, here's what that demo sounded like, from Green Day. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. You get it. <laughs> 
what every douchey boy in the 90s with a guitar sounded like. But it's a little faster and it's only guitar. Yeah. yeah. Basically, <laughs> Billy Joe is like, okay, well, we put out the version with strings that they're going to play at every graduation. <laughs> then this thing called YouTube is going to come out and everyone's going to do a version exactly like this on YouTube. So let me do it first. And you were right. It says right here in the YouTube comments for the thing that I found that it was from the German import single for Brain Stew. And that's what I owned. There was a point where I was so big into Green Day that I was like buying every import single and then I sold them all because I was like, Green Day's stupid. They're too big. I know. There's, I wonder if it was the brain shaped one. There was a Brain Stew single. It's not that hard to find. It's actually in my Discogs wish list. (gasps) I want to get it back. It's a brain shaped CD. Wow. You can only put it in, in the trays yeah. or top loading cd players right. it's like do not put this yeah. into a front loading <laughs> you know disc feeding cd player like a car do you remember cereal boxes i don't remember which company it was but they had like singles where you could only put them in those like yeah. things where they were the small like teeny tiny like mini disc things. right you know you say that like Every graduation used time of your life. Right. Mine didn't because my graduating class had six students and we were allowed to uh, pick the song and vote. And the girls, now one girl was not there the day of voting. We wanted to do time of your life. And you know what the boys wanted to do? And we ended up walking to because there were three of them and only two of us there on voting day. What's that? I know, but tell me because... <laughs> Our listeners don't know. In an airplane over the sea by Neutral Milk Hotel. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> they just they just decided to go like full anarchy. But we also, so that's what we walked out to. What we walked into was the theme song to The Adventures of Pete and Pete, which was pretty awesome. And we all like unanimously agreed on that one. Well, that's nice. That's cool. <laughs> I didn't have a I didn't have a high school graduation. Did I tell you I never graduated no. high school? <laughs> oh no! How did I meet you in college then? <laughs> no, you know it was I didn't go to my high school graduation because um, I was not happy about our government's involvement in the war in what? Vietnam. <laughs> so me and so me and some friends we were like we're just gonna stay home, smoke weed, and listen to Jefferson Airplane. No, honestly, I, I never told you didn't know I didn't go to my high school graduation. I've never I talked know about that. this. No. So what happened was um, my last semester or two of senior year at this, as I've talked about my tiny Christian high school with like 30 people from all four, you know, ninth to 12th grade, 30 people. Um, I did really Can you beat graduating class six. Can you? N- no, I don't know what the graduate, the graduating class might have been six, maybe eight, maybe it was more. Mm-hmm. It could have been six, though. But um. I was basically doing horribly in my last semester or two because my family life was awful. My family was fighting all the time. My parents were basically getting ready to divorce. Welcome to our Real Life Gay podcast. (laughs) Um, And so, like, I just wasn't trying that hard. And I guess they didn't want to see me, like, fail, fail. So they're like, okay, well, you know, you can make this up in the summer with some, you know, basically, like home learning type stuff they weren't sending me to summer school basically they were like we'll give you some assignments and if you turn these assignments in by like august and then you'll get your diploma by september because they're a private school i guess they could make those kind of decisions instead of sending me to another school so i was like i was like okay yeah i'll do that 
Uh, but then I didn't feel, I personally didn't feel it was right to go to my graduate. They were like, well, you can get your, you can go to your graduation and we'll hand you a diploma and not act like you're not graduating. But I felt I just hadn't earned it. Also, I kind of was maybe a little upset with my family. And it's like, well, why should we go to, this is too sad, but I'm like, why should I go to my high school graduation if like my family life's so unstable that it damaged my ability to care in the last year? <laughs> it's so sad. I wasn't trying to be a better person, be a better son, and be a better student. I got my school special award. We didn't have valedictorian, but I got the special award. And now I just feel sad because I sit here and it's displayed proudly in our home. And I feel feel horrible now. No, it's wonderful. (laughs) That's wonderful. Uh, Eventually, I did like turn in like writing assignments and like math books. And I got my diploma by the end of the summer. So I did graduate high school. I just didn't go to my graduation. I chose not to go. But then and you were there when I got my college diploma. My whole family was there. And I was like, this I really earned. This I got. And everyone was super happy. It was wonderful. And I was like, here's my girlfriend who is my here's my future wife. And they were all like, nice to meet you. Um, so we move on from that sadness to ask, why do you think they spell it aeroplane? <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if there's like a weird copyright thing or something. This That's is what the, I was This thinking. is the third time they've done that because Seventeen Magazine and then Chapstick right. from Chapstick, Chaplips and things like chemistry. Right. Seventeen Magazine, they spelled with the one seven instead of spelling the word out like is the trademark for the actual magazine. And Chapstick is a compound word or is it not? It is. It is. With a capital. Yeah. Because it's a brand. Yeah. Um, and then I think... Like it, it's, it's lip balm. Chapstick right. is a brand of lip balm. Right. And it was in either... We've done both those episodes. It was in one of those episodes. I mentioned They Might Be Giants have a song that is supposed to be called NyQuil Driver about like a truck driver who, I mean, like a lot of They Might Be Giants songs, it's not, it's not hard to peg what exactly it's about, but there's imagery of like a truck driver driving late at night, like taking NyQuil, but driving and like not slowing down and like, you know, not going to sleep or whatever. But instead of calling it, they were like, and they've talked about this on their FAQs. They're like, our label told us we can sing about NyQuil, but we can't put it in the title of the song. You know what I mean? So they called the song, AKA driver. Now I'm like, I got confused because it was actually, you can see my socks who pointed it out when I said, you know, we're doing Jefferson Airplane this week. I wrote airplane like you spell, like everyone spells the word airplane. Mm-hmm. And then you can see my socks sent aeroplane with two words, A-E-R-O space plane, right? And then I was like, oh, didn't realize that. And uh, then I realized, yeah, it's, it's it, and it's spelled differently on different albums. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it is, like I'm looking at the back of two lefts. Uh, the non-gold edition we own, and it says Jefferson Aeroplane, Aeroplane being two words. Let me go grab our creepy EP. <laughs> it's, over in, it's right over here. Oh! 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 Creepy EP, look what it's called there. Airplane, A-I-R, plane. Yeah. So, controversy. <laughs> but yeah, I'm wondering, yeah, just like, did they call it Aeroplane? Because the band, Jefferson Airplane, spells it a i r like yeah. you properly you properly spell airplane 
So did they call it Aeroplane for copyright reasons, for trademark reasons? Was it a trademark move? And Jefferson Airplane loves airplanes, jet aircraft. Right. I do want to talk about that, but not yet. <laughs> um, I have a thing to get into that. So yeah, I'm like, why, what's the deal? Why, why do they... That, and that's what I think it's about. That's why they spell Aeroplane that way. Uh, you can see my socks also said... I don't know if you'll find this in a deep dive, but I remember reading an interview with them back in like 2003, and one of the mats mentioned they tuned to drop G, uh, and in parentheses it says E-G-D-G-B-E, and end parentheses, for Jefferson, but I think it's actually D-G-D-G-B-E, might be their first song with alt tuning, and then he says, JK, I forgot about trademark, which is drop T tuning. But I guess Jefferson is on the EP, so it technically appeared first. But who knows which one they wrote first, though. I somehow found the interview. Oh, and then they sent the interview with ChristianGuitar.org. Did you oh, find no. that interview? I did not find that, so I'm really excited. I, and I did... I spelled airplane both ways. Right. Not with a space, but I did spell airplane both ways, and that did not come up. So that's exciting. In my usual YouTube research, I wrote um, I wrote uh, just Jefferson. I just wrote Reliant and Jefferson. <laughs> I'm like, whatever I find, this is what I'll find. Because I also wasn't going to just type That's a good in, idea. Yeah. But I wasn't going to just type in Jefferson Airplane because... No, yeah. exactly. And I did it with quotes and without quotes. And, right. Yeah. So uh, let's see. On ChristianGuitar.org, I'm doing the pre-deep dive. <laughs> supported by You Can See My Socks. What about weird, tu- uh, the, the interviewer asked, what about weird tunings or anything? Drop D, question mark? Matt T, we drop D in one song right now. Mickey, uh, the interviewer says, which one? Matt T says, it's a new song called Trademark. Actually, the song Breakdown, it's off Anatomy. We drop D that live now, just for the heck of it. We sort of rewrote it a little bit just for fun. We have some other weird tunings. We have this song called Jefferson Airplane. It was on our EP, and we just redid it on our new album. That had a drop G tuning. You drop the lower A string to G. It's kind of cool. The interviewer says, I never heard of that before. Is it something you made up? Matt Thiessen says, yeah, I made it up. Probably not the first, though. The interviewer says, tell me how you guys came together. <laughs> Who cares? Just kidding. <laughs> I'll read that later. Um, yeah, so that's cool. It's experimental tuning. Yeah. And then I think that kind of supports possibly this thing that I remember being told that it was a, originally an earthquake song. Because I just think of earthquake songs as a little bit more experimental. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense there'd be like, you know, crazy tuning and stuff. <laughs> Did you have any more deep dive? Oh, no, we didn't talk about you. I just did a deep dive. I just confused myself so badly. One thing I want to say, one more note on this song I have. I just saw that I had skipped before we get into your deep dive. Something I think of this song now, in hindsight, looking at the whole sort of songography of Reliant K and their artistic progression, I'm like, wait a second. Is Jefferson Airplane sort of a precursor to Deathbed? Not thematically, but musically, was mm-hmm. it sort of a proto-Deathbed. Like, we talk about how Runnin' is like a micro-sequel, spiritual sequel to Deathbed. 
It's like, right. here's a shorter, more quick version. <laughs> it's like, say you have a longer day. A version Jessica likes more. Yeah, a version yeah. that Jessica likes more. But I'm like, especially with all of the changes that, and I guess there's, you know, well, how much time would be between? So yeah, Creepy EP came out in 2001, and then this album comes out in 2003. So there was like a year, there was at least a year, possibly up to two years, they had to like, he had to work more on this song and include that extra mm-hmm. bridge right? as you take off April's collar. So <laughs> this song is just, it's, it's, it became, and it became a little bit more complex. And I think it's unfortunate they dropped the whistling. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they probably dropped the whistling because they felt maybe I'm guessing um, it's entirely a guess. I'm guessing maybe they felt the whistling didn't fit the new sort of like pop rock tone of the song. Right. Which I would like to know if they had, if they maybe recorded the whistling for the two left version and cut it out. But anyway, this song is complex in structure. You know what I mean? So I'm wondering if it was like, if it it was, it sort of built the bridge for him to start working on deathbed Hmm. and to have all of those different, different sections of the song and have different ideas going in like we've talked about we didn't delve too deep into the lyrics on this but so what you're saying is that deathbed should have been a teason in the earthquake song maybe you know what i don't know i mean that's <laughs> if maybe you would be a little bit more interested in it if it, <laughs> if it was a teason in the earthquake song no i just meant that i wouldn't have to listen to it at every show <sighs> Um, <laughs> until they call it up to the big leagues. I like to imagine Tisa and Earthquake songs are like yeah. in a bullpen. And then like Tisa knocks on the door and it's like, come on. It's on the farm team. Suicide. And then yeah. they're like, yeah, you get, you get you a shot at the show, kid. Yeah. It's like, yeah, see you, see you later. <laughs> it's like that. It's like that. I still hate Consequences music video I'm obsessed with from last week. The Prodigal Son music mm-hmm. video. <laughs> Where he gets the check from his dad, and he's like, right. "So long, losers! <laughs> dad gave me four thousand bucks. I hate all of you." Flipping him off. What's he gonna Drinking do? Drinking drunk immediately. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> driving drunk immediately. What's it gonna do when the star like gets healthy again, though? And they get sent back down to the miners. They're like, "Oh man, <laughs> gotta deal with all these guys again." Yeah. Stepped on all the other earthquake songs on the way up. Um, so yeah, we didn't delve too deep into these lyrics yet. So let's just go through this i guess it's it's kind of like a tone poem it's a little stream of consciousness a little bit right at least it has that feeling in the end like yeah. it's hard to really peg down exactly what he's saying he, um it hurts kiss it better you wear skirts i write nice letters never said nothing with flowers though we always talk for hours i will say also this is a bit of the most risque reliant k song pre-collapsible lung because she's wearing skirts i mean in the last <laughs> In the last album, he's criticizing Vanessa for wearing tight sweaters. Right. And now he's like, hey, you're wearing skirts. Yeah. And she's got a plunging neckline. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's trying to kiss her. He's not like, hey, you, cover up. You're distracting the other boys in youth group. No, he's like, he's like, I'm enjoying that plunging neckline. Give me a kiss. And she's like, she's like, clothes are not consent. And she smacks him. Good for her. <laughs> You go, girl. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's just hard to peg the, you know, exactly what he's singing about. I, I wonder if this is just like 
stream of consciousness, literal Tyson, like just a bunch of literal things that had recently happened in his life that he just kind of wrote down. And it's almost like a Jack Kerouac poem. It's like, here's just a bunch of random stuff that I'm got in floating not, around in my head from recently. Not completely, but sure. Uh, <laughs> I tried to speak your language and I failed. It's funny because they're the like song meanings and stuff like that. Like people interpreting oh, yeah. these lyrics seem to be kind of split uh-huh. in whether it's about a relationship or just about feeling really alone. Mm. Like there's a, a, like a lot of people feel that it's a very melancholy, um, solitary, uh, like fe- feeling of loneliness kind of song. And then mm. other people are like, this is about a breakup. And it seems like people tend to be split pretty 50, 50 on it. Yeah. It's just, it's, I'm reading through and it's just hard to peg. He's like, He's like, I'm going to go home and eat cereal and stare out the window. That's like such a vivid, mm-hmm. v- v- easy to peg thing. But People then... on Tumblr particularly seem to like that. Oh, really? It's, it's a lot of people's <laughs> moods and a lot of people's sort of aesthetic is, is that. But then right after that, he's like, because you confused me more than anyone. I'm like, that could be anyone or anything. Like, that could be a romantic relationship. That could be like a teacher who said, like, what you're going to do with your life? <laughs> that could be anything. An adjustment has begun. See, it could be a teacher who's told him what you're going to do with your life. <laughs> to let me feel des- the desperate need to leave what we did undone. Is he trying to kiss his teacher? Oh, maybe he's not a teacher. <laughs> She's got the plunging neckline. <laughs> no, we're just grasping at straws now. I, I don't know. I don't know. This is. I, I think I, I, the thing I like about a song like this is like really people who are strongly lyrics persons who people who just have to know what songs mean and i'm not like that Mm -hmm. i'm like i bet this song drives people crazy (laughs) i like it because i'm like sometimes songs because people are like what's this song about well it can't be about this because it's it seems to be about that i'm like well songs can be about two things at the same time mm-hmm. uh, like a song can be 75 percent about one thing and 25 percent about the other thing but just the fact that it's about both those things means it's 100 percent about both which equals 200 percent, which doesn't make any sense in a rational thing except it's music and it's art and it can be all those things at once and it can be none of those things at once that's a great thing about art and it can just be whatever it means to you exactly everyone can be right exactly so you talked about people on tumblr and all that so it sounds like you have some deep dive things we can talk about i have some deep dive things i came across oh man oh tumblr there's a there was a a mini fic that came up on tumblr that i don't know blew my mind and i will not read it but i think (laughs) i think the fandom you read this to me before maybe we'll do this as a patreon episode I think that the fandom was Who Framed Roger Rabbit and the main character was Jessica Rabbit and there's mention of Roger, but it's her slash somebody else from a different franchise. I'm not really sure. I didn't really follow. It was interesting. There was bleach drinking question mark uh, (laughs) to just get through the pain. I don't really know. Right. Moving on. <laughs> I would just say <laughs> Jessica read the whole thing out to me live. Uh, not live. Read the whole thing to me before. And I was like, this might just be like a stream of consciousness practice for writing. Because I'm aware of that. I used to have like maybe people I like, talked to is about how writing. I, this is how I think the song was written. So let oh. me write it in this. Yeah, maybe. 
But it, it specifically had the, the tags of Jefferson Airplane. And then in the additional tags, it said the Reliant K song. So I'm like, it wasn't just like random. It was in reference to the Reliant K song uh, because they felt that the Reliant K song just really fit Jessica Rabbit. Let's see. Oh, I found a live journal entry. This has never come up before. So I never used live journal. I'm a little on the, I'm like just on the youngish side for that to be a thing. Like I didn't really know it was a thing, but I did have some friends who had it. I was a little bit of a technophobe back in the day as well. So Mm -hmm. I didn't get a MySpace until like very shortly before college. Can I just say real quick? I signed up for MySpace in early 2005, but nobody I knew was on it. So I'm like, this is stupid. And I deleted it. <gasps> then oh, I, wow. But, and I'll tell you, then I got then I got it again in college in 2006 because I'm like, well, now everyone I know is on MySpace. If I hadn't deleted that first MySpace, if you remember how this worked, I would have been on the top of everybody's friend list. Yeah. Because until MySpace came out with customizable top eight... And eventually they expanded the top eight to like You were top forced 16. to show off Tom. Yeah, the oldest people in your friend list who had been on MySpace the longest would be in your top yeah. friends. I would have been in everybody's top friends because I was an early adopter. I of think MySpace. you were still in my top friends regardless. Right. I just, maybe I just happened to be, but lots of other people I wasn't. I would have been the top of everybody's, probably even 2004. I don't remember. Like I signed up for it early and no one that I knew was there. I was going to say, because I think I started using in like. Mid to late 2005. When did you start using Jessica? <laughs> this is Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> so I guess there was a thing on LiveJournal where you could say what your current music was. So Becky's current music was Jefferson Airplane by Reliant K. It was the, the deep dive was very short this week. That's why we're going through this. Okay. <laughs> this is from June 26th, 2004. A novel of mythic proportions. So people were still using LiveJournal in like 2004. Um, A novel of mythic proportions. And there's like a scrolly thing that I can't really read because it's going by a little bit too fast. And then under that it says, Yesterday Bible study was canceled. So we had it at Josh's house. It was cool. And we actually had Bible study without Robin and Debbie. It was great to see that we all wanted to have one. So we did it ourselves and waited to play games and stuff like that. It was refreshing. Today I have to pack for Delnico? D-E-L-A-N-C-O. I have no idea. Uh, Tomorrow we leave for Delnico. Yay, I can't wait. I've been waiting for Delnico all year. It is so awesome and I love it there. I wish it was longer than a week though. Oh well, make the best of the time I have, LOL. So yeah. Are you sure they didn't mean Del Taco? How did you? <laughs> well, how did you spell that? D E L A N C O A N C O. Delnico is a town township in New Jersey. Oh. So yeah, since it's summer and I have some time on my hands, I keep doing these quizzes. They're actually kind of fun, and even though no one really cares, here's more. And so she got Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> what is and happening? Chick flicks. This feels more confusing than the lyrics of the song. And all sorts of quizzes. And their current music is Jefferson Airplane. Oh, okay. So thanks, Becky from 2004. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> then. <laughs> oh, there's more. 
we have a review. Oh, good. From college? <laughs> written in a college? From the Pitt News. P-I-T-T. Jesus and their producer think they rock. <laughs> Two lefts don't <laughs> make a right, <laughs> but three do. <laughs> Reliant K Goatee Records has two lefts don't make a right, but three do. Reliant K Goatee Records. What? Has has anybody ever taken the time to think about what Blink-182 would sound like if Bob Dylan wrote their lyrics so that they were complex as well as goofy? What? The answer to this question is, of course, no. But no, and that's not what you're going to give an example of right now. But now that I've presented the idea, maybe you're a bit curious. Nope. <laughs> if you are, I still can't quite help, but I can present Reliant K. They sound like Blink-182 with vastly improved lyrics, but fall short of the earth-shattering social commentary range. Dylan shouldn't be worried. Blink should. What? Relying K, who got its name from the, its guitarist Plymouth, doesn't take any of the album material very seriously. Two Lefts is essentially a very oh, funny album about the, about their over about over emotional girls, roller coasters, the eighties, and their Ohio hometown. So it might come as a surprise to find that Mark Townsend of DC Talk, noted Jesus freak, produced the album. Two Lefts contains no profanity outright references to the Bible or preachy sermons, but it doesn't really fit the Christian rock label some critics have labeled them with because of their association with Townsend. Despite the fact I've mentioned this more than a few times already, Blink-182 sound-alike really is the best way to describe Reliant K. Mm -hmm. If you like Blink-182, you should like Reliant oh. K. They sound quite a bit like them. Enough. Right? Very funny <laughs> lyrics. The similes. <laughs> Super not catchy. the same. Super catchy guitar riffs and love songs that fail miserably. Oh. Where they really succeed is in Matthew Thiessen's above average pop punk verses. Because there weren't pop punk in this album. On mood. I know that they sound like Blink-182 because I have this chart from the Christian bookstore that says if you like Reli if you like Blink-182, you should listen to Reliant K. <laughs> On mood rings, he sings, let's get emotional girls to all wear mood rings so we'll be tipped off to when they're ticked off. That song also gets bonus points for referencing Boy Meets World. On In Love with the 80s, Reliant K nails a perfect <laughs> pop ball culture. This is so painful. <laughs> the refrain, I'm only going to pierce my left ear and I've been working on this mustache all summer long. And my favorite band Blink will always be... Blink-182 would sing about piercing their nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wear a pink text to the prom. He didn't say, or they, th this writer did not say, would they get bonus points for mentioning in this song though? Um, if it was Blink 182, <laughs> they'd say, let's get emotional girls to all wear black, because that's the most alty thing of all. Two lefts is a respectable effort, reaching about a 90% success rate. <laughs> what did you fit? <laughs> This is like this is like one of those bad Rotten Tomatoes aggregated things where all the reviews are negative and it's like 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like, oh, I just read all the reviews. They all hate it. Bad ideas definitely include naming pun-heavy track eight Hoops I Did It Again after guitarist Matt Hoops. Why is that a The bad struggling idea? lyrics on overthinking and the crummy valentine of getting into you. Getting? Isn't that... Well, 
but it's wow. not a Valentine. It's a nope. worship song. <laughs> it is a worship song. <laughs> Uh, for whatever reason, for- <laughs> the crummy Valentine to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> for whatever reason, Reliant K decided to make the entire second half of the album one big love song. It really isn't as good as the much funnier first half, but hangs on until the end because the final track, Jefferson Airplane, and the following bonus track, Redeem Everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't talk about the bonus track yet. It's like Bob Dylan said, Reliant K is the band I only dream of becoming. Wait, what? Okay, he never really said okay. that. all right, yeah. Oh. So the only thing I'll give this credit for is in since we started this podcast... I didn't ever really notice how many slow songs there are on Two Lefts. There are a lot of slow songs. There are a lot of worship songs. Mm. There's a lot of like slow jams. And I and he's mm. and and this person is right. They're all in the back half. Because I would just like listen to this in my in the car. <laughs> I, I hate that example. I listen to this to jam this in my car, man. I hate that when people <laughs> say that like that's a positive. Anyway. I would just listen to this album and enjoy it, and I would never think, which is crazy because we talk about how you and me don't usually like slow songs, but there are so many slow songs on Two Lefts, and I have only noticed that recently. Um, so that's the only thing I'll give them credit for, but they're weird Blink-182 similes. They're bizarre. What I don't even understand what they mean by Bob Dylan. I guess because Bob Dylan had sort of like stream of consciousness lyrics and yeah. sort of reference things and was like clever in the puns and the playfulness of the language, right? Like I guess, and that's what Matt Thiessen kind of does as well. He plays with the language. He plays with syllables and rhymes in ways that yeah. other artists don't necessarily do. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I don't know. And I mean, we talked about it in many times in the past, Blink-182. It's like I definitely was like it was i was like oh this is you know with the first album i was like oh they're being marketed as a christian blink 182 this is a band i want to check out and stuff but i was like well they're not like blink 182 but they're like a whole nother thing and they're closer akin to weezer in my brain they're not pop punk in these first three albums they are pop rock right I feel like I melted your brain a little too much to go over. I have one other, but I'm not. I'm just going to give you the gist of it. It's just about Jefferson Airplane. Well, that's the thing we're talking about. But they don't really. They just are kind of like, this is a song that exists. It's on three albums. It's good is kind of the general gist of it. Okay. So, yeah, we didn't talk about Silly Shoes because we're going to do that as its own episode. The, The hidden track, the awful comedy rap. Awful on purpose and sort of awful in it's trying to be awful on purpose. Ironically and unironically awful, Silly Shoes will be its own episode. Yes, and we'll play our own um, creations we made er- in early Garage Band. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll say is when I was first researching this song on YouTube, somebody's YouTube video was Jefferson Airplane with the worst freestyle ever. And at that moment, I had forgotten about Silly Shoes. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking somebody was going to... I was super excited. I thought someone was going to be rapping over Jefferson Airplane. And I'm like, this is what I've been waiting for (laughs) since we started the podcast. And then I realized, oh, it's nine minutes. It's just the hidden track. So that was disappointing. But yeah, we can start to get into... Oh, well, well, last thing, because this didn't come up in in your deep dive. But there are some misheard lyrics... 
particularly David Ketch sent me a DM and said, I realized in Jefferson Airplane, he says, I'm trapped and I am enclosed, mm-hmm. which is not a, which works, but like that sort of like trickery magic. When you examine that lyric a little closer, it's not a great lyric. No, because he's trapped and he's enclosed, but he's going to open the windows. But how could he open the windows if he was trapped and enclosed? Right. Because they're the same thing. I am trapped and I am enclosed. If you're trapped or enclosed, I guess you can be trapped, but not enclosed. Like you could be trapped emotionally or you could be trapped on a desert island. But it's just kind of a weird lyric. But David Ketch study said, I am trapped and I am in clothes. <laughs> I am in cl- like I am in clothing. And I said, that's not crazy because I was never sure what he was saying. And I knew he wasn't saying this. But what I heard was, I am trapped in iron maidones or something like that, <laughs> which doesn't make sense. <laughs> like... My, every time I would You're hear... You're trapped in an Iron Maiden? Where did yeah, you hear that, Yeah, I am trapped though? in Iron Maiden. I, that's, I, I didn't... I, I knew he wasn't saying that. And I didn't really hear that. But it's like the the way that my tongue messes up nouns all the time. Like, I say one noun when I'm actually thinking another one. It's like my brain gets ahead of me and I say it too quickly and I said the wrong thing. When I hear that lyric... I start to hear him say Iron Maiden, but then he doesn't say Iron Maiden. He says, I am trapped in Iron Enclosed. Thing with my brain. I get it. I'm a crazy person. Oh, we're not supposed to say crazy anymore. I understand being feeling like you're trapped in clothing, though. Oh, yeah, because for sure. That happens wearing, to me. Like, yeah, like <laughs> if I'm if I'm wearing like a like a hoodie that's not a zip up, yeah. like I'll start to feel like claustrophobic in it. I have nightmares where I can't get my shirt off. And I'm feeling stifled and it's like yeah. constricting me. And I try to, and I can't pull it over my head. We've both had to help each other out of clothing before. That it's like <laughs> when we have like a lot of layers on or something. And we're both like, oh, I'm panicking. I'm starting to panic. I need, I need out. Gets, I need out. I'm starting to panic. The coat gets caught on gets your caught. watch or yeah, something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That happens to me a lot. <laughs> like I have um, a jean jacket where the, the wrists are really tight and it gets caught on my watch all the time. And I was like, Danny, 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 help. Danny, help. You need to pre-plan for your escape. <laughs> so uh, I could just take the watch off, but no. So one thing, unfortunately, I wasn't able to find because we didn't talk about Jefferson Airplane, but we... We enjoy Jefferson Airplane. We enjoy enjoy Jefferson Starship. And we love Starship. And we did a little bit of research. (laughs) But what's the difference? Like, some members left. They became Jefferson Starship. Then they became Starship because their music changed even more. Um, One thing I wanted to mention was that I remember Reliant K playing in 2001. And because when they played Soulfest, they would play more than one set. They'd play multiple sets. And I remember them playing We Built This City on Rock and Roll by Jefferson, by Starship. Not Jefferson Starship, but by Starship, and that, and I, and and that, and and here's a, th- I had never heard that song, even oh. though that song, it's a meme now and oh, everything. Wow. Like that's such a well-known song. Right. Um, I had never heard of the song "We Built This City on Rock and Roll" until Reliant K covered it multiple times over the summer of 2001 that I saw, and could not find audio of it. If anyone has the full Purple Door 2001 show, please send it to me. I could not find. There were multiple clips of Purple Door 2001, but I couldn't find it. I still have to break out those bootlegs that I have somewhere of Soulfest, but I think they're Soulfest 2000. What's behind the Purple Door? Is it the same as what's behind the Green Door? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> really, in case you cover that song. <laughs> 
So yeah, I wish I could. I wanted. I really wanted to play Reliant K doing a cover of "We Built the City on Rock yeah, and Roll" to so tie good. it into the Jefferson Airplane Starship Starship thing. But I want to hear that so bad that. now. Remember that story I told you about Reliant K was going to do a karaoke thing with the fans, bring the fans up on stage and sing yeah. the songs because Fiverr and Frenzy did do that yeah. at the same weekend. But then Reliant K ran out of time, and they just brought up a friend of mine to sing Action Speak Louder Than Words. And they brought me up to do the screaming part at the end of the big scream at the end of Softer yeah. to Me. Because I was standing to the side of the stage waiting for my cue, when they played We Built This City on Rock and Roll, Leonore and Reese from Fire and Frenzy were standing off stage with microphones singing the harmonies oh, cool. for We Built This City on Rock and Roll. And I think particularly that part Made me think, made me think, because I had learned of Striper pretty much. I had learned of Striper from other places, and I love Striper for both ironic and non ironic (laughs) reasons. But one of the first places where I really thought to myself, I can get into Striper is because Fiverr and Frenzy referenced them on their live album. So then seeing Fiverr and Frenzy singing backup on We Built This City with Reliant K was like, I gotta go home and download this song on Napster. (laughs) And I did. Um, yeah, Danny introduced me to Striper. Oh, I love Striper. <laughs> and then he has oh, he has a he has a really cool like old school felt Striper patch which I stole and put on my jean jacket and I get so many comments on that, both <laughs> positive and negative. I got this awesome Striper to Hell with the Devil back patch. It's the the art because there's the painting cover of To Hell with the Devil, not just the black logo on the black background. And I have that as a back patch. And I'm like, I am not a back patch person, but I just want to own this. <laughs> oh, and we want to talk about our favorite Jefferson Airplane song. And I guess we should have talked about, like, what's the imagery to mention Jefferson Airplane? I guess it's just like, just listen to something sort of nostalgic, just something sort of like, I just thought maybe it's like your parents liked it. Like, did Nat Thiessen really like Jefferson Airplane on his own? Or is that something he thinks of as, like, his parents or older people liking? And then he listens to some Jefferson Airplane to just sort of set a mood. I right? mean, White Rabbit's a great a great jam. I guess it is. But you know it's an even better jam? The Starship song? That's true. Too. Yeah, there's the, there's the Starship song from the Mannequin soundtrack. But that's not what I'm talking about. Oh. I'm talking about it's the greatest Jefferson Airplane song ever. When they kind of reunited in modern day, when Jefferson oh, that's Airplane, right. yes. not Jefferson Starship and not Starship, but Jefferson <laughs> Airplane came out with a new right. album in the 90s. It had this song and it is our favorite bad song ever. <laughs> It sounds so much like it should be Starship, but it's not. Yeah. It's officially Jefferson Airplane. It's called Planes. <laughs> and the video is amazing. Oh, man. Go look up Planes by Jefferson Airplane. It's so good. I am absolutely posting this on the social media. So good. How did you even... I don't even remember how you came across this. You came across it like two years ago and you're like, Jessica, you have to watch this. This is the best video because none of them are trying in the video. (laughs) Jet aircraft. (laughs) It's so specific. And they're like... And there was a little boy who was once a little boy and he met a little girl and they had a little boy. Watched him drop. 
Yeah, I don't know. I like started a, a, a playlist on YouTube called WTF Music Videos. <laughs> and somehow this popped up in the algorithm. And it's like, you've been watching a lot of weird music videos. Here's one. And, and I Howard played, Hughes or oh, somebody like that question mark shows up. Yeah, it like, might have come up because I watched a bunch of Starship videos. And it was like, well, the closest to Starship <laughs> in the Jefferson Airplane world is this one. And it's just the craziest music video. It's like the song... It's like they're, they're Jefferson Airplane, and they're singing about planes. Yeah. And they're singing about a little boy who loves planes, and he draws planes, and the girl next to him in school loves... It's the best bad song I've ever heard. <laughs> People are like, we built this city on rock and roll. is the worst song of all time. No, that is unironically... A, <laughs> that is a bop. That song, that song is awesome. This song is the worst song in a good way. Yeah. I love air I love Planes by Jefferson Airplane. Planes, jet aircraft. <laughs> I'm not even sure we did it justice. I just want people to go out there and watch it. If we we should we should get our Facebook group going because you can have watch parties on there and oh. it'd be like, everyone come watch the Jefferson Airplane nice. Planes video with us. Um yeah. <laughs> so there's that. So let's let's there's not a lot of uh now that we're done with that stuff, there's not a lot of videos on YouTube for this song, unfortunately. There's a bunch of covers. There's only one fan-made music video. Um, and they play, like I, I think I mentioned before, if it wasn't in one of our failed attempts to record this earlier, that they played this a bunch in 2016 on the Searching for America tour. And uh, yeah, here's a little bit of that. This is in Clifton Park, New York, 2016. Uploaded by Rocker Mom MSM. Oh, who we've definitely oh, yeah, played yeah. before. What else did Rocker Mom have? They've uploaded Michael W. Smith videos. <laughs> this is such a Rocker Mom. Uh, wow, they have a lot of videos. A lot of Christian like rock videos. Stephen Curtis Chapman. All they all they seem to do is go to co- Christian concerts. Jillian Edwards, Switchfoot. All they do is unspoken. This rocker mom just goes to Christian concerts and uploads all the footage she takes. All right, well, I'm not going to figure out what previous Reliant K video we played of hers. But this is cool because I... I think it was like last week or the week before. Oh, okay. Uh, I liked this video because, if this is the right one, because Matt Thiessen, like acknowledges the history of the song a little bit. Oh, nope, it's the wrong one. <laughs> it's uh, this one. Uh, how many of you guys go back to maybe our second record, The Anatomy of Teddy Cheek? Before that album came out, we put out an EP called The Creepy EP, which, uh, you know, Halloween's coming up. Uh, this song was on it, and then it was also on our third album in two kind of different forms. Uh, if you guys know the song Jefferson Airplane, please sing it with us. One, two, three. Oh, 
slowed down a little bit. Yeah, slowed down included a little bit. the whistling, and there was a little lyric switch up in there too. Yeah. And it has more of that Pedro the Lion feel. Yeah. Than the full length did. Uh, so yeah, I would really love to hear them re-record this song nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like this is, I don't like re-recordings, but this is a song I honestly, for real, would love to hear today's Reliant K redo. Now, did they include the extra? Whatever it was, the bridge or whatever. They, it is I'm in, pretty in sure they okay. did, but let's find out. To be a person, to be a better friend, to be a better son. There's some cool Matt Hoops uh, mm-hmm. pedals in there. Yeah. A nice little effect. <laughs> pretty cool yeah so so something done sort of more in the demo style but with those added yeah added i want lyrics. the proper yeah. real complete version i feel like we don't have the ultimate version of this song really or at least like you know do a live version just do a live yeah. version and with or without a crowd that'd be great um there's two acapella versions Oh, I definitely want to play this one. There's the Vitamin String Quartet. Let's check them out real quick. Vitamin String Quartet is here. And this one's very odd because, uh, hold on, hold on. Because on SoundCloud, this version, the Vitamin String Jefferson Airplane, only has one listen. Oh, wow. (laughs) I was like, nobody (laughs) has ever listened to this on SoundCloud. Sounds a little rough. Yeah. Maybe because this is maybe because of that drop G tuning. Yeah. Maybe it feels like an odd choice. Yeah, maybe they didn't realize that, or maybe they couldn't adapt that properly. Mm-hmm. You can see my socks is our official like key yeah. <laughs> person, as I'll discuss later with one of these covers. Uh, but let's maybe skip ahead a little bit and see how much more vitamin string quartet's able to do with this song. That's yeah, nice. Yeah, a little further like in, it it's should a be in a nicer. soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> very, very uh, cinematic. So then we have Troy Ragsdale, which I is a, is a picture of a guy, but this cover is two girls on guitar in a living room. <laughs> I think Troy is holding the camera. Start singing bass lines <laughs> like he does the vocal nice. bass, but it doesn't. He doesn't sound great. I was like, dude, just let them do their thing. <laughs> he or he's trying to sing along. Maybe he's like enjoying listening to them sing. Um, we'll so I'll play this cover. But then I was like, they're doing something or they did something with this that I I don't have the technical ability to know what they did. So I sent it to You Can See My Socks and asked, like, what's up with this cover? But let's check this out for a second. It's kind of odd. I was like, is this flat? But it sounds good. It Mm -hmm. sounds good what they did. Flat?
So it's odd, right? It's a little mm-hmm. brighter, at least. Yeah. It's, I was all I could really understand, like I said, was maybe it's flat, but it's it like sounds doing brighter. an acoustic version of the album version instead of yeah. just doing an acoustic version of the the demo, which lends itself a little, yeah, a little more to that stuff. Maybe. maybe I can't really tell. So I sent it to you can see my socks, and this is what he said. <laughs> and there's a lot here. <laughs> um, so the overall key change isn't that crazy. They moved it up a whole step from G to A, pretty common for going from a male tenor to a female alto voice. There's some other stuff they did that warrants some analysis, though. And then he came back and said, so basically they reharmonized the entire song. Reharmonization in this context is about the overall harmonic structure of the song, not just the vocal harmonies. Um, basically, they changed the entire chord progression to something wholly different from the original chord progression, but still works with the existing melody. Adam, we have some homework. Adam Neely has some cool videos on his YouTube channel about this where he shows how to make like jazz fusion versions of Ariana Grande songs. It's super interesting, kind of like an optical illusion. That does sound very interesting. <laughs> Nothing's changed about the melody itself, but the chords underneath have changed, and it can provide a different context for the melody. Probably the biggest change is that there is actually a sort of key change in the two lefts version of this song. It might not be a true key change, but there is definitely a shift in tonality, what key you think they're in, basically, and tries to be better... I've totally lost it. It's subtle, but you can tell because when the band kicks in with a G B C th- G slash B dash C thing, the C man, we are so not technical. <laughs> Maybe I should just share these. So to simplify that, please do. Basically, the Reliant K two left version is in G up until the be a better person part when it goes to D, but then it shifts back to G when the band kicks in real big. I do love when the band kicks in real big after the Be a Better Person part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's only one music video by fans. It is um, some people in a college. They made a little video. It's it's very similar to... Uh, oh, the one we did our, uh, for our anniversary. Oh, right. uh, Must have done something Must right. Must have done something right. Remember in the Must Have Done Something Right music video, it was like, I found like five music videos where it was like teen kids yes. being like, let's yeah. be a couple in this video. <laughs> and then you and me kind of assumed like one of them pro- may have had a crush on the other. Right. And I was like, hey, be in my music video. Um, there's one video that has that same feeling in general. Like they could have been a real couple in real life. And it's also in a college, not in high school. But they're going around being cute together. And then they have a little fight in the middle. And then they get back together and they hold hands. Um, so, (laughs) we don't need to watch it. Will, uh, Uncle Homer is back. Remember that kid? He had, you know, the Justin Bieber look. Yes. Uh, he's back. I don't know if you want to hear him. Uh, there's a guy who does a male ASMR style vocal. Oh, interesting. Uh, a girl does a, does a, a does a um a girl with like hot topic makeup for like real mid 2000s emo makeup sure. stuff. She does a vocal cover and her computer to the song but with it sped up. So she does like there's no nightcore version, but there's a girl singing along in the room to the nightcore version. 
Oh, we might have seen her before. We've seen something that, like what you're describing previously. Is it like this? Okay, different girl. <laughs> but this is a popular, was a popular thing. I think she might have actually, now that I realize she, I think she sped up her own video. Yeah. Yeah, because the video is only three minutes long and the two lefts version when you cut out the hidden track is five minutes and 20 seconds. And that's what she's doing. Here's Uncle Homer. Is it cry on your own shoulder or cry on my own shoulder? Because I thought it was cry on my own shoulder. Am I wrong? Is the demo one and the... It hurts, kiss it better, you wear skirts and nice letters, and I receive a flower to bring you from the book. Though we always talk for hours, and it seems it gets so much colder when you cry on your own shoulder. That's what it says in the non-gold Two Lefts book. And there's no lyrics in the creepy EP, and we don't know where our bird in the B-sides is. On the demo, it's when I cry on my own shoulder. Oh, okay. So it was a switch up. So whatcheroo... <laughs> Well, yeah, um, and I know it gets much colder when I cry on my own shoulder is the demo version. Well, we'll end on this on SoundCloud. On SoundCloud, Zandy, Sandy, Zandy. That is a mouthful. Zandy with a Z, Sandy with an S, and Zandy with a Z and an I at the end uploaded Jefferson Airplane while doing my makeup in the bathroom. Sing along. And this is what it sounds like. Isn't that lovely, that singing voice? We it's didn't a, even talk about the rave in downtown Boston. We didn't. Danny, have That's you ever I've, been to any raves in downtown Boston? I've never <laughs> been to a rave in downtown Boston. We went to first night one year. We did go to first night, which I guess is the closest thing to a rave, but we got there real late. That was like, what, 2007 or 8? Yeah, which is, first night is... What, uh, they, the, called what they called New Year's in yeah. Boston. No, we were there for the countdown. We were there for the countdown, and my shoe was leaking, and there was snow everywhere, and my yeah, feet were getting I, wet. Yeah, and I didn't wear, I didn't have snow, I didn't have <laughs> waterproof boots or right. anything, so they were, yeah. Yeah, our friend Johnny was there. Yeah, and, and your we know mom, was out there. There. mom was there. <laughs> <laughs> we know Johnny's out there listening. We know my mom's not listening. <laughs> but, um, yeah, while we were in Boston, we told my dad and my stepmom about the podcast and they were like sort of confused <laughs> my dad kind of knew what podcasts were but he didn't really do them do them and then like i think your dad does listen to podcasts because he had oh, the app right. and he was like oh it's on whatever and like well my stepmom was like who was like concerned that we'd get sued for yeah. like libel or something i'm like we're just talking about our favorite band it's cool we're fine if you're if you're listening now shout out sandy <laughs> yeah shout out sandy but the thing is like i don't if she listens i feel like she might not make it to the end of the episode maybe so we can say whatever we want 
She's a very nice lady. Yes. She's a very nice person. So, uh, yeah, that is Jefferson Airplane. And next week is Can't Complain off that, of Collapsible yes, Lung. Yes, we're returning to Collapsible Lung. That's right. So if you'd like to give us your thoughts on that, you can... Call us at 402-956. I know this part. I'm bad. Like I said, I'm bad at outros. I'm bad at beginnings. But I know the middle part and I know the phone number. It's 402-956. You can email us at... I almost said my real email. At sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. And you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram, which are both sadiehawkinspod. And, uh, you know... We know Jefferson Starship built this city on rock and roll, but we'd like to know what was your city built on? <laughs> Send us those messages. Tell us what your city was built on. That's a good that's a good topic, right? Did you already hit stop? <laughs>